Football is around the corner, and we are ramping it up over here on the Ringer NFL feed in the month of August. Every week, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you not one, but two extra point takens. That's right, double the trouble as we predict, debate, and analyze our way through camp and the preseason every Monday and Friday. But that is not all. Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Wednesday. We'll talk about everything in the world of the NFL. And who knows, maybe Steven will even have something nice to say about your favorite squad. Though, frankly, I wouldn't count on it. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow The Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korbuck and the NFL preseason is over. We are T-minus 10 days from the NFL regular season beginning, which is crazy. Uh, fantasy drafts are in full swing. You've probably either drafted mm-hmm. or you have a draft coming up, maybe both. We are going to parse through just the final week of the preseason, really just what we learned. Uh, some of the games sucked. We learned a little bit. We're going to just leave out all those stuff that was boring and Sorry to all the guys who were fighting for their stuff in the fourth quarter, but we're going to just go through the stuff that matters for us and your drafts yep. and how it affects our rankings. So we're to go through all that. But first, some news. The San Francisco 49ers have traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. My, yeah. friend, Jackson, my friend Jackson was like, why? And I said, you ever go to Costco and buy something you don't need just because it's 90% <laughs> off? I feel like it's the Niners did. No, that's what the, that's what the Cowboys they, did. Yeah, right? that's what the Cowboys did. Oh, yeah. What Did I say it backward? Yeah. Yeah, you said that's what the Niners did. Oh, well, I screwed it up. Wait, which one are you at Costco socks shopping with the 90% off socks? <laughs> I do Costco socks. Don't talk shit about Costco socks. Costco socks are great. But yeah, you know, this is just one of those cases where the Niners just made a huge swing and miss. I saw some tweet about actually how the Niners are really bad at picking first rounders. Like their last, like five of their last seven have kind of been busts, which is ironic because they have the best roster in the league, maybe. Yeah. Um, so it's just a testament to how the Niners are, are so good at team building, but they they made this huge swing to trade up to get Trey Lance and the guy barely played. And now he's in the Dallas Cowboys and they're starting Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft for eight, who makes $800,000 a year. And a lot of this was financial because Trey Lance is you know slated to make $8 million this year. And with the Niners having all these studs that they need to pay, like Nick Bosa, they had to get Trey Lance off the books. You can't pay $8 million to a third stringer who can't beat out Sam Darnold. I feel bad for Lance. I mean, honestly... It's just tough to know because even going back to college, like the he didn't get to play his final year at college because of the COVID season. His, his season got canceled. This is something that we talked about when he was coming into the draft. I know on our draft show, we were like very concerned 
that he had only thrown X amount of passes in his playing career, like going back the most all the way obvious high school. red. You know that like trend on Twitter that's like red flags and like the little yeah. like uh, filter that there's the three red flags. I feel like the number one red flag for an NFL prospect should be doesn't actually play a lot of football. Doesn't <laughs> throw the ball. This is like a basketball player just not shooting. Like what? We got to have some practice here. Again, the the Mike Renner stat that Tom Brady had more throws last season than Trey Lance had in. NFL, college, and high school combined. Crazy. To be more explicit, like Lance has now in two seasons thrown 102 passes in <laughs> in the NFL. And the I think Roethlisberger lot, hit that so, a couple times back-to-back weeks. I know. Tom Brady threw 733 passes last year. Trey Lance, 102 <laughs> passes in the NFL. Um, it's just, it's unfortunate because obviously the injuries um, and just situation around all that stuff like it did not help him. I don't, I still don't know if he's good. Like I don't think anyone knows if he's good. But the 49ers are just essentially saying, we want to compete now. We're not going to wait around. This is a distraction. I think Shanahan just got tired of talking about it, and and they decided to move on. Well, I actually agree with you. I feel bad for him. You said that, like last week that you felt bad for Baker Mayfield. I'm like, screw that. He got a shot. Like, you feel bad for someone who <laughs> no one knows. Like, Trey Lance, you, I, I think everyone probably is a friend where it's like, oh, this is like them and a significant other where it's like, oh, like they were always – you know, kind of doing a dance, but this timing never worked out. And that was Trey right. Lance like playing the game of football. It was like freaking COVID happened. He never got to play like in college football. It's just crazy. So it's the one that got away for Trey Lance. The sport of football is the one that got away. Wait, hold on. What does this mean for the Cowboys though? Nothing. <laughs> they, it's a third string quarterback. Is he going to come in like Tebow in his rookie season and they'll use him in the red zone or on goal lines? Oh Anything gosh. like you think or no? What happens when you buy something that it's 90% off? It's like I have my friend's mom used to buy pool stuff that was 90% off. They didn't even have a pool. It just sits in your <laughs> closet and then eventually you throw it away later. I don't know, though. Also, you, sometimes when you get things for cheap, you actually end up using them more. You know when you buy like expensive stuff, you're afraid to use it because you don't want to <laughs> break it? Sunglasses. Yeah, you get nice sunglasses that I don't bring them anywhere. <laughs> Nice shoes. And you're like, I'd actually just rather wear the $40 sneakers that I can get beat up. Maybe right. uh, Trey Lance are like, well, who cares? Throw them in the red zone. <laughs> Maybe. That's actually yeah. pretty good. Uh, okay. Other news. Josh Jacobs signs a one-year deal with the Raiders, which it's basically what he was going to do anyway. It's still a one-year deal worth you know, $12 million. Basically, it's a little better than 10 and change. So he had his hold out. Didn't have to do the training camp that much. and Ended up getting a little more money. Does this change? It doesn't really change where we had him ranked. It's not like we were really afraid of Josh Jacobs holding out. Yeah. So I, it's still the same. Josh Jacobs is like a really, really good value second round pick, basically. Or, you know, if you get him in the third, it's like an auto draft. I bump him up a little bit, I think. I saw a video of him walking back to the facility and he looked really happy, which oh, I don't know good. why that meant a lot to me. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe, all right. I, the, the million and a half extra he got really jazzed him up. I actually didn't really quite understand why. I don't know. I, I, I guess the, the, the difference here is that he, he made an extra million dollars and now he's back and he was okay with that. And that's kind of all he could, could negotiate. I think, well, what you said, Craig, is interesting because the fact that he's happy, and this is what we worry about with Jonathan Taylor, right? Like, if he gets dinged up halfway through the season, is he going to push to come back and, like, play through injury, potentially risk future earnings? Um, I don't think, I don't know if, like, Jonathan Taylor is going to do that. With Josh Jacobs, he has per-game roster bonuses, so I don't don't 100% know if it's tied to him playing or if it's just him being on the roster or what. But, like, I think there's some motivation now. And, by the way, he's just happy to be playing for the team that, He's not, he's less dangerous. It's like there's less danger that he's going to do that down the stretch. Yeah. The the questions around Josh Jacobs are just he got a lot of 
touches and carries last year and guys that do that usually you're paying for the peak year but he's a good second round pick and if he falls like outside the top two rounds like just take him it's crazy um now that i'm in on josh jacobs you know i'm sure that he'll have a terrible year so <laughs> what can turn back so into goes, a pumpkin yeah say la vie okay we're gonna go through preseason think also thank god they moved this stuff to freaking three games i um, know uh, this was yeah. great good job yeah uh that's my big winner stock up on just nfl for only having three of these things what do they do next week i was thinking about this i can't remember do they just do we just do nothing next weekend just enjoy our lives. College football just has crept their season up earlier and earlier. Was there, t- and I guess there, there was football. Like, I mean, the first, the first game is Thursday. So was there preseason the, the weekend before that Thursday? I honestly, I, I honestly have no idea. What, what, what are we at? <laughs> Maybe. What Thursday are we talking about? Are you <laughs> Look, talking about the, the future? The like it's the past the, tense. The opening night of the NFL. The NFL begins on a Thursday. It's a, the Bills play, I forget. But that the is Lions. a Thursday. That's the, the seventh. Lions. Right, the seventh. Traditionally, back before they got rid of the fourth preseason game, was there was week four of the preseason the lab, the Labor Day weekend right before the first game? I think so. I, I don't understand how Hyvitz <laughs> doesn't understand this. I I think I I I'm 100 maybe not right on this, but it feels like there was games like on they would play them like Thursday, and then over the weekend they would make all their cuts. Yeah, and then week one would be the next. But that's just going off of memory. It all blends together for me. Um, but anyways, it's just okay. a little bit weird that there's no football this weekend. Uh, other than college football, so I like it. It's Labor Day weekend. If it truly yeah. feels like this is the last weekend of summer where you don't have to watch football all day. <laughs> Save right, so that the, shit. The yeah. main thing coming out of preseason, I feel like the top line item is all the quarterbacks taken in the top five picks are all going to start. It's like C.J. Stroud officially going to start for the Texans mm. in week one. We got Anthony Richardson going to start for the Colts in week one. Bryce Young's going to start for the Panthers in week one. I feel like we've talked a pretty good about about Richardson and Bryce Young. I kind of want to start here with the Texans and C.J. Stroud. DK, looking at this, I mean, CJ Stroud himself for fantasy football, not that interesting, but how do you feel about Houston? Houston yeah. as a team is like a bit in Glansburg for us. We haven't talked about, you know, I think after one preseason game, I was very worried about Houston because Stroud did not look good. He was, he looked almost like a deer in the headlights, just a little bit, you know, and, and I've heard former players talk about like their first preseason game. They were so nervous. You know what I mean? It's just such a big jump going from college to the pros. I mean, DK, think about you on your first podcast. You know, is yeah, that yeah. an accurate representation of what you were going to be? <laughs> oh, Maybe yeah. not. But he has looked really sharp. CJ Stroud has looked really sharp the last two weeks. He's definitely settled in. I feel like he knows, um, you know, he's just gotten his confidence. He's making some incredible throws. Like he had a couple of really nice throws downfield, dropping in a bucket in this last week. So I think that makes me feel a little bit better. At the end of the day, rookie quarterbacks tend to struggle. Like, we should expect him to not put up big numbers, but it's not nearly as scary as it was two weeks ago. I think that, you know, there's a chance that we can get some value out of these receivers in Houston. I'm, I'm more excited about like a Damian Pierce than I am about the receivers there, but I do think this offense will be at least be able to move the ball a little bit. Your beloved second year running back for the Houston Texans, Damian Pierce. Yes. I love that guy who runs like a bowling like ball of knives. Too. He, you know, if you look at this preseason usage, it's really encouraging. He was playing with the starters for almost every single snap that CJ Stroud played. That's probably obviously not going to carry on throughout the whole season, but he is the clear cut guy in Houston. So he's going to get a good amount of volume. They used him on third down. So it, it, there's a chance he's much more involved in the passing game this year. I think it's just wheels out for Damian Pierce. He looks great too. He's probably the only guy on the Texans worth drafting this year. I think the, the, the Stroud passing game is probably a wait till next year situation. Right. It might kind of be indistinguishable from the Davis Mills offense of yesteryear. Uh, I mean, st- two of the three preseason games, Stroud was two for four. So it's not like we have a <laughs> He ton didn't play a lot. Yeah, yeah. To go off of. <laughs> but if you use a percentage, <laughs> right. it sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. great. 
No, I agree. The Texans pass again every year. We're like, oh, someone's going to catch passes, but there's always two or three backfields and two or three passing games. Where you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I don't need any of them. And the Texans passing game this year is probably one of those. But I think you're right about Damian Pierce, TK. I think Damian Pierce is a really good value. I feel like everyone knows the Texans suck. He is falling. And you can honestly, I've seen people get him as like their sixth. I actually saw someone get it. Me. It was me. I got it. He was the seventh player in my, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Damian Pierce. Hello. Seventh round. Sure. That's insane. Nice. Uh, And then. While we're here with rookie quarterbacks in the AFC South, he drafted a t- uh, quarterback top five. Anthony Richardson going to start for the Colts. I, he played the Eagles, and on obvious caveat, the Eagles didn't have their starters. But the flip side is the Eagles' backups better than They're some pretty good NFL too. defenses. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just the other half of the Georgia championship unit. Uh, for the Colts, it's funny. It's the eighth year in a row. The Colts have a different starter week at quarterback. That's a week wild one. stat. It's the second longest so streak since ever. Since Andrew Luck? Wow. That's crazy. Long, because... Well, Longer than that, because Luck actually got hurt and mm. then play. So eight di- consecutive years where the starting quarterback is different than the guy before. So that's crazy. Hopefully that streak ends. The numbers he had, whatever. Like it's 78 passing yards, the first half, 38 rushing. Whatever, dude. He looks, the throwing's going to be a little whatever. The yeah. He just looks exactly as hard to tackle as we had thought about. Yeah. I mean, it's. He looks Again, like he's it is playing a test. new position. It, it it looks like he's like a different position out there. He's so big and fast. It almost looks like this is no, like the quarterback position is no longer what we thought it was. Like <laughs> he is the, the next official evolution. like line in the sand. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Terminator 2. And it was like, oh, <laughs> that's a big this jump. This is what like you. Yeah. That's how I feel about watching Anthony Richardson like running out there. He looks too except big. no one knows like what to do with this liquid metal stuff yet. We're right. like, oh, well, we, we like that's the other work. transformer. Um, yeah. But like. To talk about how he played, yeah, I said he missed a couple throws. I think his receivers have been kind of letting him down a little bit too. Like he, they've dropped a few really nice passes for him this year. So there's going to be growing pains with the passing game, I think for sure. But I mean, if you see him scramble, like he was stiff arming guys, like making guys miss really, really fast in space, explosive. He has like a very distinctive running style where he almost takes like these little short, quick steps, but he's a, you know, six foot four, 230 something pound guy. So it just looks kind of, I don't even know. It's like Uncanny Valley almost. It's like he's robot. He's like a really fast robot or something. But Boston looks- Robotics? He, he, Bill yeah, exactly. Richardson? <laughs> yes, seriously. It's like those, you know, the fake videos that you see on Twitter and stuff where the, the, the robots are just doing these incredible flips and things. It was like a little bit like Those that. are real. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's <laughs> definitely some that are not real high fits. Put it that way. Hate to burst your body. I don't know what um, you're watching. Anyways, but yes, he, he looks incredible. He's super athletic, super fast. He, I think he's going to run DK. a lot. Do you yeah. still feel like if you're in a one QB league and you want to wait on quarterback, that he is a viable starting guy on your roster because of his rushing floor and that you should go after a guy like him instead of like a Geno Smith, a Goff, a Kirk? I think he just because he's I do believe he's going to run a lot. I was kind of getting to this like Shane Steichen, the coach there. He, you know, has a history with Jalen Hurts. Like it's a, I believe it's going to be a big part of their game. I don't think he's just going to be purely reliant on scrambling, even though he will add in that area too. But I, but again, it's just, man, the rushing floor that you get from guys like this is huge. And again, this is a coach that had Jalen Hurts the last couple of years and he rushed for double digit touchdowns both seasons. So I do feel comfortable doing it. And, and honestly, if it doesn't work out for the first couple of weeks, like you can pick up another guy on the waiver wire, you know, I'd still pair him with someone else in a draft just because I, I, I think you yeah. can pair. It's a weird thing where Anthony Richardson almost could be your backup quarterback that you take first, which sounds insane. But again, right, Kirk right, Cousins, right. Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, I mean, Daniel Jones, depending on, you know, what kind of league. These are all people, if you're in a 10-team league, like, 
outside the top 10 quarterbacks to uh, like Dax. One of those people will be after the 10th quarterback taken. So I think you could pair Anthony Richardson with Kirk Cousins pretty easily and, you know, have it both ways. And we've, we've mentioned this before, but like Ian Hart, it's, tweeted something the other day was basically like, here's a list of all the quarterbacks who are rushed a hundred times in a season in history. And there's like 90% of them are top 10 quarterbacks and how they finished per game in scoring and a hundred rushes in a, over a 17 season is like, I think it's like six or something like that, six or seven a game. It's not that much. Like the, can we the be super clear about one high. thing though? Hmm. Wait to take him. Like don't reach, well, you don't have to reach on him. I just want to be super clear about that. Cause let's say you're in a 10 team league. The ninth quarterback is going to be like Dak Prescott or like Daniel Jones. Like the idea of Anthony Richardson is you don't have to go get him in the eighth round. Is you can wait till the eleventh round and try to skip the line on all the pocket passers. But I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, maybe I, it feels like he's so hyped now that there's going to be one yeah. guy in your league who will. He's going up. I think. So yeah, you got to know who you're playing with. Uh, okay. Other while we're on the rookies, just Bryce Young for the Panthers. I'm a I'm officially nervous Jewish mother with Bryce Young. I think he's going to get crushed. I'm, I'm officially you know what <laughs> he's, he's going to get pants. Meet some meat on the bones. Yeah. Meet. I don't know. I'm the Panthers. I kind of think increasing. I'm like, this team's just going to get the first pick again. Uh, at the same time, he, he has looked pretty comfortable. I think he looks the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Cause all these guys are flying at him and he's just like the pocket boys to just duck to the ground immediately. But I mean, to be clear, you're worried because he's small and I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying at the same time, he's looked pretty comfortable out there. Like he's negotiating the pocket. He's doing the things you saw at Alabama where he like ducks around a guy sidesteps him, still keeps his eyes downfield, makes plays. Like he's doing the things that we were so excited about that he did at, at Alabama. Of course, I totally agree with you. The size is still a major concern. This is basically the only major concern with him. But yeah, I do think he has looked pretty comfortable. Yeah, he, he, and he's Me not too. fantasy relevant in a one quarterback league. I do think, again, so it's right. the Panthers receiving core is really weird. DJ Chark is already dealing with another injury. LaVisca Chenault has a concussion. He's returning soon, allegedly. Again, it's Jonathan Mingo, rookie receiver, second rounder, I think could be really good. And uh, honestly, Adam Thielen, who I don't love, but if you're talking about like a late round dart throw, like your last pick, yeah. Adam Thielen, I think it's like a third of the targets from Bryce Young, like in the preseason. It, it just, there's two players, like Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo. I don't know who else they're going to start. Like, it's that simple. I, Thielen is just a more reliable option. I think Mingo, the higher upset, but that's kind of just what I look at the Panthers. And also while we're on the rookie quarterbacks real quick, defenses, you're going to draft a defense in fantasy. CJ Stroud's first starts against the Baltimore Ravens for the love of God. Um, <laughs> That's tough. I just take the Ravens and figure it out yeah. later. Other quarterback news. Baker Mayfield's officially started for the Bucs. Uh, sure. Craig? Stock neutral. Stock up, stock down. How are you feeling? Uh, I, I don't I don't really care about Baker Mayfield. I, I, <laughs> I, I guess I'm more confident in him performing uh, than Kyle Trash. Yes. But I got to say, Chris Godwin has kind of started to like catch my eye. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he's healthy. He's a year after the year after guy injury wise. And Mike Evans just got hurt. And I'm kind of like, maybe Chris Godwin will just catch like a hundred passes from yeah. Baker Mayfield this year and be awesome. You know, Craig, did you, I had the exact same thought this weekend. I drafted him in one of my home leagues. He, did you watch the bucks this week? He caught like, I don't even, I, off yeah. the top of my head, it felt like he caught the first six passes of the game and it was uh, Baker Mayfield went six for six. Um, and he looked really solid. Like, I was like, oh, I forgot about Godwin. I haven't thought about Godwin all summer. Um, I, I think we have to really, really good. Godwin to the all boring team. I think that yeah. he was young and exciting for so long. They won the Super Bowl. He like, didn't we, there was a video of him doing snow angels in confetti with his girlfriend, like after they won the Super Bowl, like he's a wholesome guy, fun upside. I think he's officially just like, not the new Brandon Cooks, but he's just, you don't think of, like he's kind of now old enough to be boring. 
He had four catches and a touchdown out of the first six plays of the game. So pretty solid. Yeah, I had the exact same thought this weekend, Craig. I was like, he's, he feels to me like a massive value. And he's not as much of a prayer yards guy as Mike Evans, where, you know, we talk about this with Terry McLaurin all the time. It's like, it's a fucking miracle. It feels like if Mike Evans catches a deep pass these days. I know he does it yeah. a lot, but it still feels like a miracle. With Godwin, he's getting the short and intermediate stuff. He's winning at the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, getting those quick passes and running after the catch. And that's kind of his game. On that note, do you guys play Mario Party? I, I, I did growing up. On Nintendo. So I never played it growing up. But then now I play like Jackie's family when they go to vacation. They do like Mario Party. And I, I guess the new Mario, like you can get a custom dice. Like each character has their own dice. So obviously there's <laughs> the regular one, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then each character. So like Mario's dice is like threes, fours, and fives. And then Bowser's dice has like a 10 on it. So and I realized I was playing this game and I was like, this is literally the difference is like, like uh, Yoshi's dice is Chris Godwin. It's like all threes and fours. And then Mike Evans's mm -hmm. dice is like ones, twos. And then there's like, <laughs> there's like a 10 and you're just rolling the dice, hoping for a 10, but you're overwhelmingly likely to just move one or two spots. Mm. Yeah. And, and what is the 10? Like he catches a 40 yard pass. Like, I don't even know if the upside is really, he'd have to, you'd have to be rolling tens for the entire season. With well, it's 200 yards and four touchdowns after you've been eliminated from the playoffs. Mike Evans loves week 18. It's his favorite week. Contracts baby. Also yeah. on the Bucks, Rashad White, the running back. I just still love Rashad White. He just he, he very yeah. He's gonna he's gonna get a ton of volume. I think at the very minimum, volume is good with this guy. I think obviously there's question marks over how good he is. He didn't play that great as a as a as a rookie, but I don't know. There's not very many other people in this backfield, and he has dominated all the reps in the preseason. So like the coaching staff has been telling us, this is our guy. This is our guy, and then it showed up on on the field in, in preseason. So. There's no other reason to think that he's not going to be the guy. So, I, yeah, I'm pretty excited about him, too. I think he's a good value. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I've been perusing FanDuel Sportsbook. My favorite bet, DK Metcalf, is like 20 to 1 to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns. That's crazy. DK Metcalf had like 19 Enzo targets last year. He shouldn't be 20 to 1 to lead the NFL in touchdowns this year. That's wild to me. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit fanduel.com slash ringer fantasy and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issues, non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. I actually think of all the games that I watched from week three, the one where I was most like, oh, oh my God, what is the Steelers? Thrashing <laughs> yeah. the backups for Atlanta Falcons, but whatever. Print the legend. Craig, did you go six to midnight watching that game? The Steelers have had such a good camp. It's so exciting. Kenny Pickett <laughs> is definitely somebody who's like, you know, probably the most, he's the, he would, he's probably the most hyped camp quarterback this year, right? Which is kind of surprising considering what? what, don't you think he's the most hyped quarterback from this training camp right now? I think that's probably a bubble. I don't know. Who else is getting more love than Kenny Pickett online from camp and preseason? I, I guess Aaron, you're not putting Aaron Rodgers in that category, right? No, I don't think Heifetz that's has been hyping up Jordan Love, but yeah, it's not even on the same level. Are we going to say Kenny Pickett's the, whatever. The most hyped, like it's, it's a, yes. it's a baseline thing. Like no one had any expectations for Kenny Pickett. Hype over year. expectation. Hype over Pickett. expectation. Okay. Cause you're right. Rogers hype is exactly at expectation. Yeah. The That's second he got point. traded, they were I'll, like, I'll give you the that. Jets are a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I mean, look, what, the thing that Pickett's had like a stellar statistical preseason. I know that doesn't mean a lot. And I actually really like that he is basically coming out and saying that he's like, everybody needs to relax. It's preseason. <laughs> after like 15 <laughs> passes. Let's all chill, right. which is great. But I even like that he's saying that. He just seems like an adult in the room. And that's probably because he's already like 32 years old. But because <laughs> he is an adult. He just seems like, yeah. he seems very mature. Like he's like here to be a professional. He seems like an adult in the room. And you, you're not going to have to worry about him. At the very least, even if he's not the most physically talented, like this offense has so many weapons around it hmm. that if Matt Canada can get his shit together, Kenny Pickett's going to be able to run the offense. And I, I heard this stat just today. I was I was listening to something. J.J. Zacharyson, who has a great podcast called The Late Round, Late Round Podcast, uh, was saying in the second half of last season, the Steelers were third in yards per drive after week nine. They kind of Behind figured the Lions it out and the Chiefs. in the second half, yeah. It also helped that they stopped playing like the, all the league's best defenses, like <laughs> right in a row. When yeah, Kenny Pickett just got thrown into the Wolves and their schedule's a lot softer this year. I mean, they're starting out with the Niners, which sucks, but after that, it kind of opens up. But like, I don't know, man, for fantasy, probably not going to do a lot, although he does move with his legs a little bit. But Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, I think, are going to be screaming values this year if, mm. if Pickett is as advertised, which I think he is. I think he's solid. I don't. I don't want to jump the shark here, but and and I'm not comparing him to to Joe Burrow, but like his personality and like his poise and how kind of just kind of cool he is. There are some things that remind me a little bit of Joe Burrow. You remember Joe? Wait, Burrow. Kyle, turn the TikTok camera on. DK, <laughs> can yeah, he pick Joe, it better than Joe Burrow? <laughs> the next Joe Burrow. I mean, but look at if you go watch Joe Burrow play. Like physically speaking, he's not the most talented quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have like a cannon for an arm. Or he's not like super fast or anything like that. Joe Burrow's just really cool, really collected, <laughs> really confident. He's very accurate, of course, and that's huge. Um, but like there's some element of that to pick it. I feel like he's just very confident, very poised and cool right now. And obviously he got off to a tough start in his career, but I don't know. He he feels like he's he's really starting to come into his own a little bit, at least right now. And so I'm I'm excited to see them play this year. Obviously, it all can fall apart once the regular season starts and teams start actually disguising coverage and things like that. But um, so far, it, I'm pretty encouraged with what I've seen. Hyphens, you drinking the Kool-Aid? 
There's always an ask us on the offensive line got better just because you saw new guys till you see it. However, I do think the Steelers offensive line's better. Kenny Pickett, I I I almost feel like I was negative about Kenny Pickett because I was like, he'll never win an MVP. And Craig got really mad at me. And I don't think he ever will. I mean, like Josh Allen might never win an MVP. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, that doesn't really mean much to me. That's what I'm saying. Like I just, just cause I said it so declaratively, like that doesn't mean he's not good. But I think right. the other thing with this, again, Najee and Jalen Warren, like a Jalen Warren's like a great aspect to this team. Like he had that touchdown where he just basically was tackled, but was like, I'm actually going to fall seven yards into the end zone into while you're tackling zone. me. Yeah. He's just squirrely, man. And like, I, I, he, I think he does yin to Najee Harris's yang really well. So I think it's going to be great. Jalen Warren is another guy I just wanted to mention. Like you said, he just has looked really good this preseason. There's definitely a Zeke Pollard dynamic going on here, I feel like. All the fans are clamoring to get Jalen Warren more touches. And I actually do kind of believe he's going to get more touches this season. Like there's going to be more of a rotation. I think they want to protect uh, they want to protect Najee from injury this year and not, not have him wear down. And so I think, you know, obviously in the past, this has not been what the Steelers have done. But I do kind of... I'm almost buying the fact that they are going to do this year, actually. You know, they've done this in the preseason. They did it down the stretch last year a little bit. I can see it. Turning this into advice, we have George Pickens going, we have 82nd in our rankings. We have Deontay Johnson 60th. We have Najee Harris all the way at 29th overall, which you two are a little higher than me. If you had to take, and then we have Patty Fryermuth at 94th. If you had to have one of those guys at where they were going, where which one would you take? For me, I, w- I want Pat Fryermuth. If you can get Pat Frymuth as your tight end, like the eighth guy off the board, that's the one I want for Pittsburgh this year. I still like Deontay. Yeah, Deontay seems like make the most sense. Again, I believe positive regression is coming for him. He's going to score more touchdowns this year. He's going to catch a ton of passes. He's looked really good in the preseason. I still am. Uh, I'm still a big believer in Pickens, though. I mean, it just feels like every time I turn on a Steelers game, he's making a huge play. Like, just throw him Did the ball Did you see more. his play <laughs> in the last game where he caught, yeah. like, that 40-yard ball on the sideline and then while catching it, reaches out with his hand to try and cross the pylon and, and gets tackled and doesn't truly, lose the football? Yeah, it's truly special stuff. So, basically, if you didn't see the if you didn't see the play, he ran a route up the sideline. Kenny Pickett led him out of bounds and, in like, in a good way, away from the defense. Pickett, or Pickens went up and caught it high pointed it and while like it, it was like barely even he didn't even barely move his arms he just reached re- reached out with one arm to try and put it over the pylon he didn't quite make it but like most guys would just be concerned about catching the football he's yeah. like catching it and almost reaching out for the pylon like right away he's just i think he's truly a special talent uh, i just want to see him get the ball we talk so much about like Justin Jefferson is the most catches or yards through 3 years ever i think George Pickens is going to shatter the record for fewest games needed to produce the coolest NFL highlight reel ever. Like <laughs> yeah, he's going to do yeah. it. He's going to be like 26. And I'm like, all right, it's over. It's already like, it's better than Odell's and Randy Moss's combined. Okay. Preseason, the event, Aaron Rodgers made mm. his Jets debut against the Giants. I am biased. What do you, what I, DK, what was your impression first? Because I have thoughts, obviously Jets, Giants, and I'm just going to remove myself first. I thought it looked good. I thought, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm rethinking, I'm rethinking my skepticism over Garrett Wilson. I, obviously, I, we were never low on Garrett Wilson because, you know, we know he's an elite talent. But I was a, always a little bit like in the back of my mind, like, what is Rogers going to do? He's a little bit of a wild card. I don't know who he's going to favor. Based on what we've heard in camp throughout the last like two or three weeks, and in this game, like Garrett Wilson, I am getting very excited about again. I mean, there, there was a couple plays in this one where. Rodgers just did like the smoke route thing or just the quick audible where he's seeing a sight adjustment and throwing it right to Garrett Wilson. He scored a touchdown on a play like that. You know, just like elite 
quarterback to receiver connection. It, it almost reminded me of what he was doing with Devontae Adams. I'm not, you know, going to jump the shark on that one, but like that was this, that was the way he was looking to Garrett Wilson on the first drive, the first first and second drive of the game. And so, man, I'm excited. Plus, add in the fact that Corey Davis retired. Al, uh, Alan Zard is injured. Nicole Hardman is Nicole Hardman. He's just going to do what he does. Denzel Mims is now gone. Randall Cobb is like projected to be a starter for this team. Like Garrett Wilson, I'm again, I'm getting very excited and I'm I'm backing off of my earlier sort of skepticism over him. I think he's has a potential to absolutely go bonkers this year. So yeah, that was like one of the big takeaways from this from this week. I totally agree. I, I saw this game and I started looking at Garrett Wilson as 20 <laughs> to one to lead the NFL in catches. And I think I, I, I was like, look, you know, Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers, it took them three, four years to have that right. kind of connection. Right. And I did watch and I was like, oh, well, maybe they won't need that much time. <laughs> because yeah. I, again, my only thing was why is Garrett Wilson going ahead of Devontae Adams? I thought that was a little wild. But yeah, I think at the point, there's so many second round picks that you can get. Like if you can get Tony Pollard in the second round, Josh Jacobs is a great pick. Come on, Rob. But like Garrett Wilson's right there where it's like, if you come back around, whoever you take in the first, you're going to have a good time if you have Garrett Wilson this year. I have a theory that all the best receivers in the league love to hold the ball with one hand. That's 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 the sign that you are actually one of the best receivers in the league. You know I, I mean? I'll tell you exactly yes. what it means. It's in like in the NBA where it's like if when you become good enough to travel egregiously, it's like it's sure. if you're an NFL receiver <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you are not great coaching wise, they're not going to allow you to just like nonchalantly just not have ball security. But when you're elite. And you're good enough to break the rules, then it's basically saying like, yeah, no, no one can really tell me what to do. Or, or it just means that you have the confidence to think that you you are in that tier, even if you're not. Which is like George Pickens. Deshaun Jackson yeah. was like that too. Like, oh yeah, the Deshaun, second they the ball, Beckham, he was like one hand. Dude, Plaxico Burris. I was convinced the Giants were going to lose the Super Bowl to the Patriots because Plaxico Burris would just basically keep one point of the football in his palm and the other point in the crook of his elbow and just like run like really awkwardly. Anyway, love me some Garrett Wilson. Giants didn't play their starters. Daniel Jones did not play in this game, but I'm just in. Giants are going to be incredible. Before we get to Daniel Jones, because holy shit, the Giants offense looked incredible in week two. I, I don't know if we've talked about this on this pod yet because we didn't we didn't really recap preseason week two, but... The, the Giants offense might be the greatest offense of all time based on that one drive <laughs> to start the game. It was like seven straight passes or something like that. And they just marched down the field. Dave all was scheming them up. Um, but I want to ask you this. This is a probably way too like in the weeds thing. But like, what did you think of the fact they released uh, James Robinson? I thought he was kind of like in line to be their number two back. So is, is it now coming down to, to Eric Gray and Matt Breida behind Saquon? What's the deal? Yeah, who cares? I'm sorry. I just, people I know, I just like, I mean, the people want to I mean, know. I just I'm stunned that that's your question. Oh, I mean Saquon. You is don't want to know who the handcuff for Saquon Barkley is? That didn't occur to you. Eric Gray. Hell no, DK. That's that's a plan B right there. Plan B is planning to fail. I don't think about the backup. <laughs> no Eric Gray is the like rookie. He's yeah. Eric Gray's the man. He can he can catch. He can be in between tackles and he can receive. And he's going to be their kick returner probably. And Matt Breida is like this veteran guy. Yeah. And they also have um. Oh man, what's his name? Uh, Corbin. Oh, Jason so, Corbin. James yeah. Robinson. I, Mays mentioned this on Twitter that it's like for all the talk about Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler and Saquon being upset they're not getting paid. James Robinson's the guy who got fucked because James Robinson is the first undrafted free agent to start a week one at running back in like seventy years, and then now tore his Achilles and just is leaving the NFL with a million and a half dollars after taxes. And agent fees like six hundred thousand dollars of an NFL career, like that's that's tougher than you know Saquon yeah. pulling in thirty million. So, but 
I don't know. He's the, the Pats cut him. The Giants cut him. What does that tell you? Like he tore his Achilles and he's not that guy anymore. So, yeah, but the Giants offense, though, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I don't know. <laughs> Beethoven's yeah, do. ninth. Do it. The moon landing. I don't know. Some of the greatest feats and, you know, think symphonies coming together in human history. If, if Dayball can, can turn Josh Allen into an MVP contender and then hop over to Daniel Jones four years into his career and actually make him a legitimate quarterback in the league, Dayball is really going to ascend the ranks in New York. That man is going to, Bill always talks about who, who gets the table at a restaurant in New York. If the Giants start like 5-0 and and Daniel Jones is like a fringe all-pro quarterback, he's getting the, Dayball's getting the table over Aaron Judge. He's getting the <laughs> table over anybody on the fucking Knicks. Uh, you name it. it Dayball's the guy. I agree. Dayball, I'm almost worried about Brian Dayball because he's so flirting with like, he's so f- close to the sun that anything going with the team looking bad, people go oh, Dayball. But it, I, it, it's, I can't think of many instances in my lifetime where a New York figure, like a coach rose so quickly in the eyes of everyone. Like this guy can do no wrong. But like, here's the thing I'm fully in. Like, I actually just think how many coaches in the NFC would you rather have than Brian Dayball? Like the NFC West has Pete Carroll and McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Is there anyone else in the NFC as a coach you'd rather have than Brian Dayball? That's an interesting question. Hi, Vitz. Can I ask you this? So we obviously love Saquon. We think Daniel Jones is a very viable kind of late round guy that you could draft. He's going to have really high rushing upside. We obviously love Darren Waller if he's healthy. Do you think any wide receiver on the Giants is even worth throwing a late round flyer on and if you and if you do who is that guy i increasingly think darren waller is should just be a top 50 pick and if you get him after that then you've just done a bank robbery and just a matter of how many games he played after that if you're in a 10 team league no i would not draft i think it's darius slayton isaiah hodgins jalen hyatt later but like even in a 12 team league like you can kind of add those guys later like, you know, when Jalen High, I don't know when he'll be integrated to the offense. I think in deeper, like really deep leagues, Darius Slayton's weirdly underrated, but I don't think any of these receivers are going to be, they're kind of, it's almost going to be like the 49ers light where I don't know who's getting the ball after Darren Waller. Or it's like the Chiefs. Yeah, it's it's like there's going to be Saquon and Darren Waller. And after that, it's like, do you want any of these guys? Probably not. So you'd have yeah. to be pretty deep. I, I think love Darius Jones, Slayton. man. I'm really thinking about going after Jones in a two QB league, like as my number two guy for like a reasonable price. I just think they could put together a legitimate season. I hope he keeps running a little, you know, I, I don't think he's going to run nearly as much as last year. Let me, let me transition here. Cause I was going to, you, you were asking what coach in the NFC would you want over Carol McVay, Shanahan, Dayball? I think Matt LaFleur deserves some credit for what he's done for the Packers the last few years. Um, and he'll be on sort of that Dayball, Mount Rushmore of like quarterback gurus if Jordan Love ends up being what you think he's going to be, Heifetz, which I think you're really into him this year. And I, and I got to tell you, I was texting Heifetz during the, during the weekend and Heifetz was gloating a little bit because I was like, wow, Jordan Love, he looked pretty good against my Seahawks. Really comfortable. He was making some plays with his legs. He just looks like a veteran, which he kind of is because he's been around for yeah. forever. Uh, but obviously he hasn't played a ton. But I mean, he he looked really comfortable to me. I'm starting to I'm starting to buy in a little bit to the Jordan Love hype because I think, you know, with the scheme that they have for him, where they're kind of trying to make it easy on him, not asking him to do a whole lot. You know, obviously he's going to have to manage the offense, but you know, run game, play action, things like that. They have a bunch of young guys that I'm excited about. Um, and additionally, like I mentioned, he made some plays with his legs, which I wasn't really expecting. So there's a little bit of maybe hidden value here, and kind of in the same way we look we look at you know like a Sam Howell who isn't the most athletic guy, but he'll run around a lot. Like if Jordan Love can run around a bit, he might have some sneaky value in fantasy. So yeah, Heifetz, 
Mia culpa, I'm kind of getting excited about Jordan Love. Yeah, I think Jordan Love in a two-quarterback league, again, is like he's the perfect pick in a two-quarterback league. And on the shooting very deeply, you don't need to add him in a one-quarterback league. And then similar vein, Luke Musgrave, the tenant for the Packers. I don't know if it will be good immediately, but I do know Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid, if they're good, they will be better than all the tight ends around them. And the worst case is they suck. Okay, whatever, you drop them, just like any other tight right. end around them might be bad. The difference is that you'll have to keep an eye on them all the year because at any point if Luke... The fact, DK, you said this last week, like my mea culpa, I was, you were talking about Musgrave and Sam Laporta. We're talking about why rookie tight ends are good. And you're like, well, because I was saying, well, they have to learn this stuff. DK's like, yeah, they have to learn it so they can play. All these guys are going to play. Luke Musgrave's going to play right. for the Packers because inexperience isn't a problem because everyone in the Packers is inexperienced. So Luke Musgrave... <laughs> It's just a, a lottery scratch-off ticket on the end of your bench, and if you have to cut him in the first month, you still have to keep an eye on him. So I think he's he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you send me this note, TK. Jordan Love was 37 dropbacks in the preseason. Luke Musgraves ran a route 31 of the 37 times. That's well, you want to see. literally couldn't ask for <laughs> higher than that, basically. So that's yeah. incredible. You don't want to see him blocking. And thankfully, I don't think he's very good at it yet. So... Um, yeah, I mean, if he can if he can go out and run a bunch of routes, he's obviously very athletic. Move around, they move him around the formation. You know, it seemed like they were kind of scheming him up in different ways and having him run different routes. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting excited about him for sure. All right, next up, who else is stock up after preseason week three? The hype's getting out of control for Calvin Ridley, but I'm I'm kind of driving the train. I'm <laughs> I'm in the passenger seat next to I don't know who Doug Peterson, but Ridley looks awesome. And he's been awesome in the preseason. I like that he's been playing a lot. Obviously, look, this guy hasn't played in almost two years. And he's 29 years old. But he was not injured. And is immediately seems to be the number one guy for Trevor Lawrence. And my number one, if I'm considering a, 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 you know, a middle round wide receiver in fantasy football, I want a good quarterback. I don't want a Terry McLaurin situation. And that's not the case with Calvin Ridley. He's on an ascending offense. Lawrence could be an MVP candidate this year. And Ridley seems like he is immediately the number one over Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed. I, I don't exactly think that's a problem. All, all of those guys last year were, were, were solid. Jones, Ingram, Kirk. So... I kind of think that the hype is 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 deserved for Ridley, and I'm all in. So you are you cool taking him third round? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, am. that's probably getting a little up there, but yeah, third fourth round I think is is fine. I mean, before the 2020 before he went out, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Just yeah, straight up. He he looked amazing this past week uh, in the preseason game. I mean, he caught like a really nice pass down by the sideline, uh, right near the goal line. I think the other thing is, like you mentioned, Craig, is Trevor Lawrence looks really good this preseason. And like it really feels like that team and that offense could make a big jump, which is saying something because they were top 10 in scoring last year and top seven in pass attempts. So there's a lot of potential ceiling here for Ridley. If As long as he continues to look like what he's looked like in this preseason, I feel pretty damn confident about him. Um, going going ahead. This, this is year. only year two in the Doug Peterson offense, I and mean, Lawrence really only started getting going the second half of last year. And I think it yeah. almost feels like he's been around longer and he's been good for longer. But it really has only been eight, nine, ten weeks that he has kind of like fully taken in the Doug Peterson offense and actually thrived in it. And so this year, I think we're we're almost pricing Lawrence at where he finished last year, when in reality he could be even better. This is like an aggressively obvious way to think about rankings, but sometimes maybe the easiest way to think of, especially with the quarterbacks this year, is like, okay, who are the players I would want before these people come up? Which, no shit, but we have like 15-ish receivers, 12, depending on the count that you want before your quarterbacks, right? Because how many people do you really want to bank on other than Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, right? And we're like, all right, these are the elite receivers. 
And then I'm like, all right, there's that next group where you're like, all right, who am I going to really take before like Lamar Jackson? Like how many of these receivers are so enticing and different from the guys behind them that I, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I look and I'm like, Calvin Ridley's in that group where I look and I'm like, if I, Calvin Ridley, because the next group, Terry McLaurin. I'm like, give me Lamar Jackson. Like how different is Terry McLaurin really going to be from Tyler Lockett or Michael Pittman or these yeah. guys? I'm like, is he that different? Calvin Ridley is special or and could be special enough and has been in the past where you're like, yeah, fourth round. Pick. It feels like there's I'm kind of worried. a cliff after him. Where it's a yes, bunch of like scary guys, like you said. It's like him and Debo are together, and then after that, it's you're like, oh, okay. big drop. But, it's like the guys that have yeah. potential to be wide receiver ones, like top ten, top twelve receivers in this in this dra- or in this season, and then the guys after that are more just like, yeah, I could see them being a wide receiver too. You know what I mean? It's pro- they're probably not going to be a wide receiver one. You got like, you know, Drake London, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy, Deontay. Those guys feel like very firm wide receiver twos and probably not a whole lot more ceiling than that. But like with Ridley, would it surprise you if he was a top five receiver for me? It wouldn't really, if he came back and and kind of got back to that level. So, you know, I'm still chasing the ceiling at that spot and I think he has it. Okay. If you've made it this far to the episode, we're just going to run through last round of your draft. Yeah. Who should I take? Like I got one pick left. Also don't take a kicker if you don't need to, right? If you're on sleeper or something, you don't need to. However, 10 team league last pick. Just take a Dolphins running back. Take Jeff yep. Wilson. Take Raheem Mostert. It feels like Devon A. Chain has dropped off the map for like the time being. Right. And unless they right. get Jonathan Taylor, you're just going to get a starting running back in the last pick. I like Mostert, man. He's super fast. He's looked really solid in the preseason. He had like un- quietly had a lot of touches last year. And we kind of just seemed like we've forgotten about him. I am driving part of that train because I was so excited about Devon A-Chain, but he hurt his shoulder. He's still been playing, you know, behind some of these other guys in the preseason. He's like fifth on the depth chart right now. Obviously, that can change as the year goes on. But he looks like he's a little bit out of the picture, at least to start the season. So I'm feeling pretty good about grabbing Raheem Mostert at the end of my draft. I literally did this last night in a draft with like my last pick. Just grab Raheem Mostert. He might be their starter. He might get, you know... 150, 200 carries in this offense that we think is going to be really good. So, um, and Jeff Wilson, I feel the same way. Like he's just a really good player and they're probably going to rotate those two guys mostly. Yeah. The sell for either of these guys is like, how many players can you pick in the last round of your draft that you could legitimately start on your fantasy team in week one? Right. Exactly. All right. And then the other guy I want to keep in mind here who has sort of risen up really quickly over the last few weeks because of injuries and other situations is Marvin Mims for the Mm. Broncos, who looks like he's going to be a starter uh, for them from day one. Uh, Cortland Sutton is, I think, the de facto number one there. Um, but, you know, you've got Jerry Judy battling an injury, hamstring injury. We don't know how long that's going to go. KJ Hamler was released after having it discovered a heart condition. Um, Tim Patrick tore his Achilles or ACL, I can't remember. And so, honestly, like, and, and I've been saying this since they drafted him. Mims, to me, is the perfect receiver for Russell Wilson, especially in this offense that I think is going to be very run-heavy, play-action, let Wilson do what he does best, which is the moon balls down the field. We saw that in this preseason game uh, this weekend. Marvin Mims caught a deep pass from Russell Wilson. Um, I think he fits what I think uh, Sean Payton is going to want to do in this offense, and Russell Wilson is good at. So I don't know. He he seems like a kind of a good sleeper to keep in mind right now. I think that's a great pick. Uh, the the Broncos' offense is re- quietly uh, in shambles. I mean. The, the options and the weapons have really kind yeah, of fallen by the wayside. Bizarre. I mean, they have they have Javante Williams coming off a horrible knee injury. They have Jerry Judy has a bad hamstring injury. Cortland Sutton hasn't had a good season in three years. And they lost Tim Patrick. They don't have KJ Hamler. And it's like, it's it's really getting down to 
Greg Dulcich and Albert O, their tight ends, and then Marvin Mims and Cortland Sutton. So Marvin Mims in the, in the late rounds is a fantastic uh, upside pick. Yep. Completely agree on Marvin Mims. He's the exact kind of guy that might be like the number one receiver on our waivers episode after week one. So you might right. as well just have him on your bed generating week one. Uh, deeper leagues, I don't even know if it's 12 or 14 team leagues, but just, uh, all right, I'm going to admit it. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Cowboys backup running back is Rico Dowdle. Yeah, I think that's right. Dowdle or Dowdle? Dowdle? Uh, sure. It's Deuce Vaughn as much as we love him. I, Probably we'll not going to be a out. big part of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Deuce Vaughn. I think there's a chance Deuce Vaughn ends up actually working his way into the, into playing time this he year. He had but... his moment, you know, like Baby Yoda. <laughs> They're not going to make a whole movie <laughs> exactly. around him. Baby Yoda. Oh, wow. Babe. Okay. Grogu. Um, but yeah, Rico Dowdle. It looks like he's won the backup job to Tony Pollard. So if you're looking for a handcuff slash 1B, I, I'm guessing... They're going to utilize the backup guy a lot to try not to wear down Pollard. So that's a name to keep in mind as a handcuff slash potential flex option in this offense. And I'm sure most people have not heard about this guy. So uh, Rico Dowdle. Okay. Shall we do some emails? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the hard hitting stuff. Um, It's from Nathan. Nathan. Nathan emailed us about Gary Barnage, who we brought up. (laughs) Craig, yeah. you weren't there, actually. We you can't have a wow, conversation Gary with Gary Barnage. Barnage. I just had a yeah. flashback. <laughs> so Nathan emails and says, in college, I got a cat. The cat moved into our apartment with me and two buddies. And for months, we just could not come up with a name for this cat. And our philosophy was, you know what? Eventually, a name would just come to us. Mm. And then one Sunday, as we're hitting the bong and watching football, <laughs> Gary Barnage flashes across our screen. <laughs> And he was in the middle of that one good year Gary Barnage had. And we all thought, what a hilarious name. So we named the cat Gary Barnage. <laughs> Sadly, Ugh. we did not expect Gary Barnage to have only one good season. So over time, I've started just lying about why we named our cat Gary. And we just say it's named <laughs> after Gary the Snail from SpongeBob. Oh, man. Honestly, like great backup idea. I know, right? Feels wrong and gross, but I just got tired of explaining to all the women who came through about Gary Barnage and doing the whole Gary Barnage spiel. I can't express the joy I felt hearing your Gary Barnage's name on your podcast. Last week. Why did you bring him up? Uh, what was that? It was a good, it was a very good analogy and I can't remember it now. Looking at Gary Barnage's football reference is I think the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. This man didn't have more than 200 receiving yards for the first seven years of his career. And then at age 30, <laughs> has 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns? Has that ever happened before? <laughs> He's the Steve Young of tight ends. Oh, Craig, the Taste comparison was, we were trying to compare LA Lights to a football player. Uh, and we compared yeah. him to Gary Martich. They had a moment wow, a long time beat. ago. Who was that okay. a tough beat for? Gary or LA Lights? I feel like LA Lights. <laughs> Gary? We got to get them a sponsorship together. All right. Uh, we got a lot of emails about vanilla. Okay. Uh, we mm. fucked up. Um, so the uh, artificial we vanilla flavoring to. does not come from beaver anal glands. Mm. Um, oh. Well, it, it like kind of used to like 50 years ago, but they stopped and um, <laughs> we failed fuck? you, everyone. And if you've told family members that, then I'm sorry. So spreading the urban legend. Yeah. Yeah. So artificial vanilla is made from synthetic vanillin, which... It's basically you just can't keep up with all the demand for vanilla. However, flavor See, this seems dis- this seems more logical. You don't have to grow a, a beaver to get that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a Vice article where flavor historian Nadia Berenstein <laughs> wrote that in the 60s flavor and 70s, food manufacturer. I know, right? What a job. Like that job. They did have small amounts of castorium, which is what the beaver's butts make 
We should introduce uh, Nadia Berenstein to Kai. <laughs> See flavor, flavor story. <laughs> the all-time outlier in the world. Here's Kai. Talk to him about flavor. She could talk his ear off. <laughs> the part of this Vice article I thought was incredible was that using castorium, the beaver butt gland thing, uh, became significantly less common starting the 80s as brands sought to make more of their products kosher. Ah, yes. Really? I got to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. I didn't realize that, you know, beaver beaver anal glands were not kosher. <laughs> I was not aware. <laughs> Little known fact. Yeah. That's in the Torah and everything. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. I, so were Jewish people not eating vanilla back in the day? Well, I, vanil- I think well vanilla, so vanilla is, is very different. finicky. The problem with mm. vanilla is... You basically have to hand pollinate it. We got an email from Christian. Do you remember the Australian Christian? Christian. Uh, Christian, the Australian guy who was like really mean to us, but we were fine with it because he was Australian and it was funny. Yeah, I'd let it I'd let an Australian say anything to me. Like, <laughs> he could just berate me. So Christian was saying that he just was kind of email screaming at us. And he said Classic the problem Christian. is vanilla can be naturally pollinated when the appropriate bee species exist, but hand pollination is basically required to make a commercially viable fruit set of vanilla. And there are clusters of like 15 flowers, but only one opening at a time. And so this asshole flower is only receptive for like six hours a day, which is usually at the butt crack of dawn. So it's like, so Christian's explaining, I grow several dozen self-sterile flowers, including dragon fruit, and I have to hand pollinate them at night. And my neighbor regularly sees me, this is his words, hand fucking my cactus flowers with a headlamp at midnight. And I'm usually listening to you two gibbering fuckwits. Just finger blasting these flowers. Jesus, yeah. man. And then he said, and then he said, giddy up. You left that out. That's the best part. But he said, giddy up. Yeah. Then he said, giddy he fucking up. loves this. Like Kramer. He's Australian Kramer from Seinfeld. But he concurs. <laughs> this is great. Anyway. Yeah. Hand fucking my cactus flowers. I didn't realize vanilla was so was so finicky and required such specific kind of uh, growing environments. Yeah. Maybe we. But why is it vanilla more cherished as a flavor? I feel like we just we kind of just cast it off aside as as a basic flavor. Vanilla should be cherished. <laughs> Connor also emailed in. Connor. 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 The, the Con. reason French vanilla is more rich or creamy is that the vanilla bean is French vanilla includes egg yolks, and that's why it's slightly yellower. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I do like okay. French vanilla more. Perhaps that's why. There you go. Thank you, Con. I'm a Con head now after that email. <laughs> con head. There are dozens yeah. of us. I feel yeah. like we learn a lot. I also, from our, I we learn a lot from our emailers. I don't <laughs> yeah, like the little beans, the little bean flecks. I do. In the, I do. I, I'd, I'd prefer just like you a creamy like the little vanilla. Bean flecks? I think a little bit of texture. <laughs> you know, Not a fan, Craig? Craig doesn't like <laughs> Oh. Flex. What is the word? Flex? <laughs> Specs? What is it? No, he's saying you don't like the bean flicks. I was yes, I know what me. he's saying. I'm moving on beyond that. I understand oh, okay. what he's saying. I'm saying... Craig's like, Liz might word... actually listen to the show now. <laughs> no shot. Is the, She already hit her quota for the year. Is is it... Is it, is the words... Is it a speck or a fleck? Or are those the same thing? Or is fleck not a word? I think fleck is a word. A little flex is a speck gold. and a fleck kind of the same thing? A speck, they're both doing their job. I, I know what you're saying either way. Basically. Okay. It's funny when a word like that rhymes, but they also kind of have the same meaning anyway. I don't I know. See, I'm convinced that the only reason why one of those words was created is because it was just, it actually had yeah. a different meaning and then somebody just kept getting it confused and they were like, fuck it, just make fleck and speck mean the same yeah. thing. Fleck is a word, a very small patch of color or light or so like you have a fleck in your eye. 
flecks of light or something, flecks of dust. You like can a say fleck of color. Of too. Yeah. Specs, flecks. I just I just think of like there's flecks of gold and Goldschlager. Super bad. <laughs> anyway, should we keep talking about flecks? By the way, there's no way that's gold. What the hell is that actually in the Goldschlager? We've talked about this on this show before, I believe. <laughs> well, you see the thing where it's speaking definitely of just that... like aluminum foil or something spray painted gold. It's gold. It's real gold. Speaking of things that I read on the internet and assume are true, is you know that like famous thing where it's like all the because gold is so soft as a metal that all the gold in the world could be in theory crushed and put into two Olympic sized swimming pools. That's wild. <laughs> is that real? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's I, why I mean, like I jewelry is not 100% gold, right? Because it's too malleable. It could be dented. Yeah, you dent it. That's why I don't buy 100% gold jewelry. Mm. That's the only reason why. Yeah, yeah. I could if I wanted to. We got from here to Jeff yeah, Wilson just... in like record time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I, just, I listened to an episode on that, uh, a Derek Thompson playing English episode about that. So it's kind of great pod. Been great thinking pod. about it. Yeah. Shout out playing English by Derek Thompson. All right. That's all we got. Fantasyfootball.thereno.com. Rankings, top 200, upsides, downsides, everything you need. Draft tracker, fantasyfootball.thereno.com. You can do it. Printable rankings. Printable rankings are up. We have our printable rankings now. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Kira, for help behind the scenes. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, the Bronx. Uh, Shouts to the Bronx. I went to a Bronx show on Friday night, and I actually had never heard of them before, but it's like a punk band. They're kind of like scream punk. I don't know. I don't know what the exact genre is, but like there's it's like hardcore screaming punk. It's pretty badass. The, the lead singer oh, they're guy, from Los Angeles. Incredible, cool. incredible stage presence. Like I've never seen anyone pump up a crowd better than this guy. I would run through a wall for this guy. Uh, but yeah, wow. it was a fun show. They have their own. So they have another band. It's like, I think the same guys. It's Mariachi El Bronx and they just play mariachi music. So they're doing mariachi music and scream punk in the same well, I, show? It's not, sc- scream punk is certainly not like the genre, but it's, they're screamy punk. I don't really know. I gotta be honest, scream punk could not be any less in my wheelhouse. It's <laughs> really not my vibe. <laughs> All right, goodbye everyone. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgambling.com help.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GAMBLINGHELPLINEMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.